Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant people on the planet. Hear their stories and get the most important business lessons they have learned on their road to success and get exclusive advice on how to implement their success into your life and business. Successful Minds with Patricia Barnowski-Schneider is brought to you by the Strategic Advisor Board and your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Hello, and welcome back to Successful Minds. I'm your host, Patty Baranowski-Schneider. Today, I am joined by Victor Yurikimov. He is the Chief Executive Officer of ITC3D, a state-of-the-art avatar SDK pipeline that turns DT photos into unbelievably realistic virtual humans in just a few seconds. So he has lots going on, but I'm going to leave it to him to tell you more. If you want to just tell people a quick overview of who you are and what you do, and then you can answer the question. That's totally fine, too. Absolutely. Um... Thanks a lot for inviting me, Patricia. Really glad to be here. Let's see. So I started as an engineer um, uh, in the project that later became became known as OpenCV, uh, Open Source Computer Vision Library, and that that is a library for like doing all kinds of things with images. And now it's the foundational layer of anything related to computer vision and AI that's working with images. So it's pretty well known in the world. It's um, like the number of downloads in the tens of millions. And um, that is still uh, one of the reasons why people know me. Uh, uh, despite the fact I haven't been working on this library for a very long time myself. Um, then in 2007, I co-founded a company called Litsis that was working in um, the space of embedded computer vision. We've been doing automotive safety functions like pedestrian detection, forward car collision warning, lane departure warning, things like that. And um, the company got acquired by Intel in 2016. Shortly before that, I span off a small team that has been working uh, on uh, 3D scanning at that time to, wow. to change the realm of content creation in 3D. Um, and, and so I was the only founder who was allowed not to join Intel because I was already running this other company. Um, and that became its ease 3D, obviously. We're not very creative with names. Um, <laughs> Uh, and, you and were then, ahead of your time here. <laughs> <laughs> and ITSYS 3D has basically uh, two products. First is something that we introduced in 2015. That's a more classical 3D scanner. Uh, it's an app for an iPad. Uh, you take take it and walk around a person or an object, and and uh, you get a 3D model, pretty accurate, yeah. close to being photorealistic. Uh, it's used by businesses in the medical space. Um, and and uh, in gyms, wow. um, and and then, like while I was at Intel, I was basically the CEO, and I was doing a lot of sales, and I was flying all over the world. We were selling to like to Asia, to US, to Europe. Uh, so I spent about half of my time in planes, um, and this this was very stressful. You know, changes in time zones and and and. Um, in general, I'm pretty high. I'm six two, so so. <laughs> uh, Seriously, yeah, yeah, yeah. It 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 was not not very pleasant. <laughs> um, so at that time, I had this 
idea that like when I come to a customer, I shake hands and then we sit across each other from uh, uh, you know like just talking and 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 there's just you know video and audio. There's no touching. We right. just sit in the same environment. So, so this is something that potentially could be solved by technology. Like if you put on a VR helmet already right now, you kind of lose the sense of where you are. You are in this virtual space. Right. We thought it would be cool to introduce uh, realistic avatars that like you would recognize and, right. and uh, that would give a kind of a face-to-face uh, experience. And, and that's how Avatars Decay was born. Wow, nice. <laughs> so now, I guess, um, tell us regarding the meta version 2.0 evolution. What key learnings and feedback from users of your earliest avatar products led to the development of meta, uh, meta, peer, meta person 2.0? Right. Yeah, we, we started uh, uh, Avatars Decay from generating um, heads and busts. Um, and we thought our initial market would be. Um, a AAA game developer who already has a lot of uh, uh, bodies and assets like clothing items that would be hard to transfer to ours. So, so we would just give them a head. Right. And um, and and uh, we basically once we released this product into market, we realized that like a lot of uh, customers who really really wanted our product was completely different area. This was indie VR developers, people doing marketing campaigns, people doing e-commerce. And a lot of them wanted full body uh, avatars. Right. So so, so once we realized that we started building uh, full body avatars, we started with, uh, you know, something um, like we want to build accurate bodies, so we we built a huge machine learning system, pretty smart one that would that that was trained on a lot of full body scans. You would put on your height, weight, some additional measurements. It would give you a very accurate representation of the body. Uh, and and then we released that, and our customers were very enthusiastic about it. And then all of them, most of them, came back and told us. No, no, no. Our customers don't want realistic bodies. They want nice looking bodies. <laughs> Welcome to the world we live in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. All kinds of stories where, you know, mirrors in Macy's, they kind of distort and will look <laughs> nice. Uh, so, so we ended up uh, creating meta person avatars where uh, the bodies are created by a 3D artist instead. We, uh, still have this machine learning system that can get you more accurate measurements of your body. Uh, but basically, the idea is that uh, you take one selfie and you get a game-ready uh, full-body avatar. Right. That's pretty amazing. And it is true because, um, you know, like anything, like if you are going to have a presentation, you know, you kind of need to visualize, well, what's the room going to look like for the people? Not just their head, everybody's sitting on the chairs. You know, anything, if you are going to have a banquet, okay, well, how would we know if the room's set up right? You need to fill it with people. You know, if I'm a clothing company, you know, like they have the mannequins, you know, maybe I need to see not so much the great body of how it looks in the clothes, but maybe I could say that might, you know, maybe the color's off, you know, it's just everything. And it's becoming such a big thing with so many, um, you know, lifelike uh 
people out there. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah. Now I get, yeah. So I guess diving into details, can you walk us through the enhanced features of MetaPerson 2.0, specifically the improvements in facial texture, hair resolution, and skin texture? And how do these advancements impact the user experience? So uh, we 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 have just announced the release of MetaPerson avatars. They're out of beta finally, and this has been a culmination of our efforts for the past two uh, two years. Uh, oh, nice. So so a lot of the changes we made to the core engine uh, based on the neural network that predicts the shape and texture of the face based on the input image. We uh, we do a lot of things uh, that make this technology, uh, you know, uh, robust against consumers. That's what we call it. Um, like, I'll give you one example. We we create game radio avatars, which means the face has to be animated. Like, it has to be capable of smiling, talking, blinking, and so on. And uh, so we need a neutral facial expression in the photo, but people are so used to smiling in photos, they 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 smile even they explicitly told not to. So we built a machine learning system that would detect a smile and digitally remove it from the photo before uh, applying uh, all of the rest of our magic. And then mm -hmm. we also are removing glasses and then uh, giving people 3D glasses afterwards. We are correcting lighting because a lot of people have lighting conditions for example like uh the lighting comes from the window from one side right. and and that also uh affects the quality of the avatar so mm -hmm. so we solved a lot of that kind of problems that you don't actually see but magically the avatar just looks good mm -hmm. uh yeah. and then we also learned uh from our customers a lot like for example we are providing a few levels of detail there are um there, there's there's a higher level of detail that works great for games that run on desktops with powerful gpus there's a lower level that works on virtual reality headsets uh so you can render like 30 people in one room um and and it still would be uh real time on a on a vr headset very interesting. I mean, it is true because I know even with um, like the cell phones, when you can create your own little like emoji, you know, and it's cool because you can customize it. Glasses, do you want earrings? You know, you know, so it it's cool that you can customize it every which way. You know, you you can look like a Barbie doll. You could not look like a Barbie doll. However, you know, red hair, brown hair, frizzy hair, no hair, you know, whatever. I mean, it's becoming the world we're living in. <laughs> So I guess speaking of customization capabilities, the new avatars come with a plethora of customization options. So how important was it for you and your team to provide users with such a broad, a broad spectrum of choices? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it was like one of our primary um, goals because like we are on a mission to make everyone feel like themselves in digital worlds um, and, and people want to be different, not just from each other. Like one 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 thing that became obvious to us while working on Avatar SDK for the past two years is that there's there's a, a lot of people who don't like how they look. Like they, they even can make a photo and they and they won't want to share it. So if we create an accurate representation of, of them uh, based on the photo, uh, this class of people, they would be unhappy, right? So so we fail. Um, so we, and, and 
like a lot of these people, they actually requested very specific things from us. They, uh, they actually gave us a list of features. They want to change uh, the facial shape. They want to change specific facial features. Um, they want to change like uh, the skin, uh, the skin color, the hair color, uh, eyebrows. Mm -hmm. um, uh, they want to customize the body shape. Uh, obviously, they want all kinds of different clothing items, and and we actually implemented all of that in in the new metaverse avatars. Nice. I know it seems nobody's ever happy anymore, and but it is you know because I know that too with people they'll take pictures and. They'll, you know, they'll take 50 pictures and only share the two that they think they look the best in or whatnot, or even just the background scenery and stuff. But um, I guess giving them opportunities to enhance your best self is actually pretty cool. <laughs> yep. So re regarding the avatar editor, tell us more about the new avatar editor that works in a browser. So how does this tool streamline the avatar creation process and what can businesses or individuals integrate into their applications? Right. So we used to have um, so first of all, we are a B2B company, so we provide avatar creation services to other businesses like game developers. And um, so we have an API that you can use. You send us an image, we get you back a 3D model, that's it. Uh, with the new MetaPerson avatars, um, we, we want to enable consumers to customize the avatars. So, so we had to create a tool that would help uh, help consumers to uh, efficiently uh, reach the avatar that they want mm -hmm. and uh, businesses to reuse that user interface and and uh, like make make it make it stupidly easy to use avatar SDK. Mm -hmm. so so that's why we created the avatar editor that we call uh, meta person creator and uh, that's that's a uh browser-based tool uh you you just go to a link and uh, you create an avatar you see this 3d model you can change it in any ways there are lots of customization options and then you can log in and and save it and um what, what's what's even better is that our customers can integrate this into their own product basically as this web page Nice. Uh, um, so it, it takes just a few lines of code. Uh, and, and then as a result, uh, like once a user clicks expert, uh, the business gets, uh, the, the resulting avatar that's optimized for a specific platform and ready to use to make game. Wow. So, I mean, I guess for gaming, um, they could basically, let's just say they were doing a game and they wore a certain shirt with a logo, you know, so that you can customize that or, you know, if it's whatever. I mean, that's actually pretty unique. I mean, is it just for games or what other type of company would kind of use this? Well, we have all kinds of customers. Like um, our customers are uh, games and they create both um uh, uh, both uh, avatars for for the players and also NPCs, non uh, play characters that that right. are just characters in the game. Right. Uh, like we we have customers um, uh, like VR enterprise companies that create trainings. Like uh, a big perfect. customer comes to them and tells them, "I need 150 people populated in this environment right. um, tomorrow." So they go to Avatar SDK, they send us 150 stock images, they get back 150 game-ready avatars like within a few minutes. Um, 
We have marketing campaigns as uh, as customers that want to differentiate, uh, like sending sending a little bit uh, an orthodox message, you know, and and right. allowing uh, to interact with with the marketing campaign. Uh, e-commerce, uh, yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Um, even for like companies like training videos, like a lot of times with big corporations when, you know, they have to do various trainings, you can use avatars to train it. And I know like my husband just had to do, um, you know, it's pretty much like governmental things. You have to do various training online for harassment, for discrimination, things like that. And, you know, watching, you know, they have actors doing, you know, actual actors. And it's like you're paying a fortune, I'm sure, for these actors to do this, you know, one half hour clip. You can have an avatar get the same message across and it doesn't cost you as much. So I guess, yeah, it's like countless how many different variations and different people can use this sort of thing. It's amazing. So I guess for yeah, the future. We, we, uh, had a, we had an interesting use case during the pandemic. We created a, a Zoom plugin called Remote Face that actually did something like that. It would replace uh -huh. your feed with an avatar and, and it would animate the face using lip sync, using your sound. Right, that's uh, amazing. And, and uh, <laughs> it, it found, like a lot of people in in the pandemic, they they were forced to take video calls in their apartments, and found right. some were very uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Um, so they they really liked this uh, this plugin. Yeah, well, I mean, if you have you know bad, you know, if you're in your kitchen with like messy cabinets or stuff, or in your pajamas, I mean, you could totally get away with being a professional. That's actually pretty unique. <laughs> So now I guess with the future vision in, in, you know, in the rapidly progressing world of virtual reality and digital spaces, where do you see your avatar SDK and metaperson avatars fitting into the large digital ecosystem in the next maybe five years? Um, it's kind of hard to make any predictions given the, the, the crazy pace of uh, innovation in computer vision and artificial intelligence. Um, it's been way above expectations for most of people, even those working in the industry, um, so I think, yeah, yeah, I, I think we're slowly but surely moving to the level of technology where uh, digital meetings will provide similar experience to to face to face meetings, and uh, that means that, like, instead of flying over the Atlantic uh, to Europe. Uh, we could just, uh, you know, uh, put on a headset uh, mm -hmm. and 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 be be in the same room, and and uh, that would increase productivity because you don't spend time on uh, travel and adjusting to time zones. Uh, Saving money on all of that yeah. it would be great for environment. Um, and uh, I I don't know when it's coming, but like given the pace of change, I think I think we are. Uh, pretty close within the next few years, yeah. It's amazing. I mean, it is true if that's one good thing that came out of COVID was that it did show people that you don't physically have to be, you know, you don't have to fly, you don't have to travel, you don't have to waste the money and the expense. Like the funny part was I've been doing remote working long before COVID. And, you know, it's, I found myself more productive because I don't have to travel to work. I don't have to get on trains, wait for the trains. It's snowing. The trains aren't running. You know, I'm, I'm literally working from the minute I roll out of bed to the minute I go into bed. So people now started realizing that you don't have to do it. And I do agree because having a phone call only gets you so far, but you want to see that face to face. And if you can't physically be there, you know, having something like that, like I can do this type of chat 
but having it like in an environment where we're all sitting at a conference table, having, you know, that kind of makes it a little more, um, a little more real, you know? So I think that's really, really awesome. Yeah, now, pre-pandemic, I yeah. was basically, I had a rule of visiting every customer once uh, in six months. Right. Just just maintain eye contact, shake hand, you know. Right. Um, pandemic kind of normalized Zoom calls. So I don't yeah. have to do this anymore. But like still, um, you Zoom calls are different. Like it, especially if you want to have an informal chat over coffee, right. um, there are certain things that you won't be discussing on Zoom. Zoom is like business, right. business, business. If you want to... Kind of maintain good relationships. You you still need face to face meetings. Right. Yeah. No, I agree. I mean, I used to you know represent companies that I'm in the U.S. that maybe lived uh, worked in Asia, and it was the same thing. It's like people want to see your reaction. You know, you can have a conference call, but they want to see you know because I could be sitting here having my coffee saying, yeah, no, business is great. You know, it's we're doing phenomenal. But if you see my reaction, I'm like, business is doing amazing. We had a few slip-ups, but it's, you know, now I'm like, okay, you know, I can see how this affects you, you know? So people do need that face-to-face, but I guess in any way you could make it happen, you know, like I said, doing something virtual, um, not so much, you know, like this, but having it, because I remember one time um, somebody had a, a trade show and they had like hieroglyphics where you basically scan a QR code on your phone and say, like, I like Lamborghini cars. You punch in a code, and all of a sudden, the Lamborghini appeared in my living room. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. But, you know, it makes it real. So having everybody stay sitting in a conference room or, you know, basically having coffee together, even though you're not really there, you know, but you see everybody's reaction because you're a lot more relaxed now. You know, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yep. The yep. new world we're living in. <laughs> so I guess talk about challenges, face. Now, every innovation comes with its set of challenges. So what were some of the hurdles you encountered during the development of MetaPerson 2.0 and how did you overcome them? Uh, I mean, we obviously have our fair share of challenges as any startup. Um, I think there are two factors that uh, have been holding us back at various times. Uh, One thing that uh, was a surprise for us coming from computer vision to video gaming was that Anything related to 3D has a very long development period. So projects last for like two, three, four years, and they can be canceled last moment. And uh, it's kind of, a lot of that is related to the fact that there's there's a lot of labor that goes into the image looking good. Uh, in, in fact, the, the new MetaPerson avatars kind of address this by providing uh, our customers a ready-to-use tool uh, for building avatars. So, so we kind of there's there's a lot of challenges that you have to face when you build a computer game, and at least this one is out of the way. If you if you have realistic humans in your game, like we got you covered. Cartoonish uh, <laughs> we also got you covered. We have a cartoonish filter. Um, and then, like, I guess one thing that many, many startups, I think, face is that uh, trying to uh, distinguish between real long-term use cases and, and hype. Uh, 
like a couple years ago, everyone was excited about metaverse. Um, like when when Mark Zuckerberg uh, had this uh, announcement for 2021, uh, I think he did this on Friday, and then on Saturday the traffic to our website doubled. Uh, and and then we had an influx of customers who were building metaverses. They came with all kinds of requests. They wanted specific features, and 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 they were paying money. So so we had to kind of accommodate them, uh, being being a flexible startup. Uh, however, uh, a lot of these use cases they ended up not being monetized. So these projects died, and and as a result. Like a lot of these features, they uh, they are used now. So we we wasted a lot of time on this. Uh, so trying to understand what's going to stick and what is just hype is is something that uh, I've been uh, struggling with, and and uh, I don't think there's a, a single cure for that. It's just yeah. like experience that eventually I hope uh, we we get better at this. Yeah. I mean, I guess, well, two things with that. One is that it was practice for you. So that was great because now you got to try all these different things. But two, since you're doing this, you know, for a while now, now you can actually guide them and, and actually counsel them. So if they say, well, here, we want to do this, you know, before you even put in all the effort, you can kind of help them. Okay, let's look at the long term plan. Are you prepared for this, this, this? Are you going to do this, this, this? And here's changes you can expect. Because a lot of like, you know, going back a couple of years, everybody became an entrepreneur and everybody had these great ideas, but no one really thought the long, I shouldn't say no one, a lot of people didn't think the long term or think it through, or maybe they only had funding to get this far and hope for a miracle, but they have to really understand what is involved and how long this could take. And you can actually guide them on a lot of that now, and maybe it'll change people's perspective and say, okay, well, maybe instead of doing it that way, let's do this way. But you're you're basically guiding them, but it's also saving you a lot of time and energy on stuff that they thought was going to get to here. But you're saying it's only going to get here. How about we meet halfway and we do it this way? You know, <laughs> so you should be counseling yeah, too. Time, uh, we got like really good idea of what what is going to work and what is not going to work. Right. So we we do provide that kind of advice to our customers. Right. Sometimes they listen, sometimes they don't. But right. we think like that's one of our value as as a vendor for this technology to sure. not just give like here's the tool you plug it in it works but right. but also provide a lot of advice on uh what how how do you actually use it uh what what do you use it for what kind of scenarios work and what don't uh how how if you want to customize it what what are the easy ways to do that without spending right. a year on development and so on yeah, I mean, you have the experience. So say, like, I'm not as familiar with technology as you are, but it, let's just say even clothing. I have this idea. I want to create this line of clothing, and here's what I think it's going to happen. And you're a designer, and you could say, well, this fabric kind of does this. This will happen. This will happen. Are you aware of that? You know, and I'd say, oh, I, I didn't. You know, and you might suggest, okay, well, I would you do what you want, but I would recommend this way. So together, you can make this phenomenal product. But I would have to, you know, rely on your expertise because I, I only have the idea. You have the, the whole thing putting it together. So I mean, that people have to learn to listen. You know, they might have the greatest idea, but you know best on how this works, what's going to work, what's not going to work, and. You know, I always say people can't do it all. I say focus on what you fo what you do best. If your job is to have the ideas, 
like you focus on what you do best, creating it and knowing what works and what's not going to work. <laughs> That's awesome. So I guess regarding a feedback loop, now that the MetaPerson 2.0 is on, it's, it's out in its beta version, how are you collecting and integrating feedback? And are there any immediate updates or tweaks that you're planning on, you know, based on user input? We used to be a purely uh, B2B company and, and it's easy to collect feedback. You talk to your customers and you right. plan new features according to the feedback. MetaPerson avatars actually, like the specs for MetaPerson avatars, they resulted directly from customer feedback. Our customers told us they want uh, to have uh, realistic avatars, game ready, full body, created from selfie, um, with all kinds of customization options. Um, so, and, and customers actually praise us for great customer support and the score strength for our team, we, we really like to help our customers. But MetaPerson avatars are not just a B2B product. Now, any anyone can come to, to the Avatar website uh, and, and, and create uh, a MetaPerson avatar uh, and customize it, log in, save all the details, and later on reuse that in one of the games that would support MetaPerson avatars. Mm -hmm. um, and then for that part, we're still working on the feedback loops. We'll incorporate some of them into the product in the next few months to understand like what uh, our customers are happy about and uh, what needs to be changed. Um, and and there's there's a lot of data so far. The numbers are really really crazy. Like people, uh, so we just came out of beta, but during beta, people spend on average ten minutes on the MetaPerson website, customizing the avatars. Wow. Um, that's that's a lot, you know, like <laughs> all kinds of different sliders for, for 10 minutes. So potentially we have an immense amount of data uh, that we can use to further improve the product and, and, uh, and, and actually give people the avatars that they like. Wow, that's actually pretty awesome. And it is true, you know, be, uh, I guess user feedback is like key because, you know, again, as the designer, as the person with the idea, the customer knows best. They can tell you exactly what they're looking for. <laughs> That's great. Now, the biggest thing we're talking about lately is deep fakes. So deep fake detector. You recently released a deep fake detector. Now, what was your motivation? How is that connected to avatar creation? Yeah. Um, so, so it's actually a pretty crazy story. Uh, so we are recording this in September. So I haven't actually told this. this. This is going to be the first time I tell this story publicly. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, the, I had to tell everybody, you heard it here first, folks. <laughs> we, we, uh, we want to create recognizable avatars so that you create an avatar, you go with it in a game, your friends who know you in the real world, they see this avatar, they would recognize you. So we use, we use a lot of uh, different tools to make sure we get recognizable avatars. We we run focus groups on each of our products and, and we use uh, facial recognition. And and apparently, like if you go to MetaPerson website and you create an avatar, you would see it's not photorealistic. It's not like a photo. You would see the difference. But apparently, um, we learned that's it actually good enough. Um, <laughs> so this was January uh, 2023, 
Uh, actually, I think the first time we noticed this was uh, late December, but this was Christmas, New Year, and and we we just saw that the you know the traffic to our online demo got really really high, and and this was the demo where you create an avatar, you can rotate it left and right, and uh, basically test uh, what we have. Um, so so in January, some someone from our team. Uh, like try to understand uh, why the traffic tripled and um, he realized that all of that additional traffic comes from Bangladesh from one country and uh, like five more minutes of googling there's a few viral videos on YouTube that uh, are in Bengali so we don't really understand what they're talking about but the gist of it is clear like basically um, they point to the Avatar SDK website and then when we looked into the videos, um, uh, the story looked pretty wild. So there's like a national ID card in Bangladesh oh, that wow. can be downloaded from the government website. <laughs> and in order to download it, you have to put in some personal information and then uh, do facial verification with your phone. And with your phone, you have to uh, look straight into the camera, then turn left, then turn right. right. And uh, so the, basically what the videos were telling uh, were that like you could load the Avatar SDK website on your computer, create your avatar from just one image, show the screen to, to the mobile phone, move the avatar to the left and to the right, and facial verification would pass. <laughs> wow. Uh, imagine... <laughs> Like we we had a few very very stressful days uh, Gee, trying imagine. to understand who's using that and, and there's a lot of people who use that. Um, so I sent it to a few of my friends in the network who speak Bengali and uh, half of them came back telling that like don't worry that's nothing basically people like get older and the government system fails to recognize them anymore and instead of going there and making another photo, they just upload 10-year-old photo and, and the, the verification passes. Um, and then other half came and said, no, 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 this 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 is scam, definitely. There's <laughs> something illegal with that. Uh, so so we basically treated it as a, a zero-day vulnerability. We we built a deep fake detector. Uh, we uh, sent it to the Bangladeshi government um and and basically uh we are telling the story only right now just to give uh time uh to to address this issue but uh we also want to kind of make the world aware that uh like this can be pretty unpredictable you know we we would never thought that uh, our avatars would fool the facial verification system but apparently it's true and and we're actually using uh, a facial recognition system right now to to test the quality of each release because now uh, it kind of makes sense. Wow, <laughs> the world we live in—it's just so many scammers out there. And you know that is true though because they were—I mean, I've seen some pretty amazing avatars that are so lifelike. And you know, even um, there's one like if I'm on Facebook or whatever, it's somebody's promoting something, but it has Elon Musk with an avatar. 
and only at what like you have to look really closely at one point you could see that it's definitely not him but you know they were saying even now like on television with the president and this and that they're like you don't know is that really them anymore because you know if he's busy doing something else they might have an avatar out you know showing him in the audience or something like that and I'm like, this is the world we're living in. It's scary. And, you know, again, you could have something phenomenal and there's going to be some jerks out there that use it for bad. But that's amazing that you actually caught it because most people wouldn't know to check the website traffic or whatnot. So, you know, since you have that expertise, you were able to notice that and kind of correct it. But, you know, usually you don't know about this stuff till something bad happens and then they're coming at you saying, what did you do? It's like, I didn't do anything. What happened? <laughs> but that's cool that you're on and I'm glad that you contacted the Bangladesh authorities too. <laughs> but he, that's probably just one of many bad people out there that'll try to use it for bad. But at least you have something in place to try to uh, prevent that, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. It looks like it was not misused at least a lot. I think most people use it just to get notification because they didn't want to update the photo at least that's that's what data tells but uh we we don't know for sure so so we wanted yeah. to be on the safe side and i mean the deep fakes that you're telling about uh this is this is neural rendering this different technology and we we can get our avatars way more photorealistic than they are right now uh right. like we can train on high resolution data we can we can make it way more accurate we we're not doing that because right. like well, one of the reasons why you are not doing that is exactly that to to yeah. kind of avoid uh deepfakes because with 3D models it's gonna be insanely easy to create uh all kinds of fake videos. Uh and 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 we don't want that. Yeah, for sure. I mean it, it, you know, who would have you know, when you're creating something like this, that would be the furthest thing from my mind. But unfortunately, you know, there are some people out there that will look for any which way to try to get over on the world. So I mean, it's good that you're on top of that though. Because I mean, I think doing this, you know, because I've seen like years ago how video games were made and stuff like that you know like i was actually watching the movie yesterday from like 1985 and it's kind of like looking at that acting like really like everything's advanced so much different in video games like now they're so lifelike like even when we watch um you know the grandkids and stuff or watch stuff it's like i you know literally it, it's just amazing it looks so real and it's not i mean you could tell at some points like you say that it's not real but you know, you have something phenomenal here and you wanted to stay that way and not be used for bad. <laughs> now, I guess it glimpsed into the future. With the release of MetaPerson 2.0, what's next for your Avatar SDK? Are there any exciting projects or further enhancements in the pipeline that you can give us a sneak peek into? Yeah, I mean, we've just released the, the new MetaPerson Avatar, so um, the last few weeks uh, culminating in, in the release were a little bit crazy, so we, we need a little bit more time <laughs> to breathe, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no rest for you. <laughs> but, but but yeah, we we have a lot of um, changes um, coming up, uh, mostly related to clothing items. We we've developed the system of clothing items that's pretty close to what humans do. So we have you can combine upper body uh, like shirts, uh, lower body like pants, and then shoes. Um, and, and we, we keep adding assets. We, uh, collaborate with 3D artists to streamline this process. So we, we hope that at some point there will, that, that will become a creator economy. Um, and, 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 um, that's, uh, that's something that our users will see in the next few months. Also, while we were doing all that, our research team has just released, uh, a demo of uh, creating recognized 
customizable avatar uh, of creating avatars from from text descriptions. You basically just type wow. okay. um, something in and uh, uh, you can type a name of the celebrity. You can type okay. like uh, just a description of a person. Um, I, I want I want a punk with right. you know fancy <laughs> hairstyles and and it will actually get generated. Wow, nice. Uh, you can try it at labs.avatarsdk.com. It's live now. At some point, it will become a product. Right now, it's just a demo of right. capabilities, and we're also talking to potential customers what they're going to be using it for. Right. Um, more generally, long-term, we are looking into being the vendor of content creation for 3D experiences will continue to create 3D models for gaming companies and anybody else who is using 3D experiences. Right. That's amazing. Even just thinking for like commercials, I'm just in my head, like thinking Coca-Cola when you see the Coca-Cola bottle, like, to, you know, somebody's coming out with a new brand, new box, new this, you know, I mean, it, it's just, I mean, possibility to be endless for this. I think it's amazing. I mean, yep. anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? What you're working on, or what the plans are, or anything? Oh, I think we covered uh, <laughs> most of it. Um, uh, it's been it's been a crazy year. Uh, <laughs> we are really happy to push the release out of the gates. We nice. uh, we can't wait to see what our customers do with it. We have a few early integrations that's going to become public uh, at some point. Uh, we we have a few. Uh, uh, pretty big customers already. Uh, so I'm, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Nice, nice. So now tell tell how can people get a hold of you? Um, I mean, yeah, you can go to to the avatarsdk.com website, uh, and uh, there's there's contact info that uh, you can send me an email, and if you if you say it's going to be for me, it will <laughs> get to me. Okay. Um, that's that's the the best way. Nice. Well, thank you again for being on the show. And again, that was Victor Yorokovov. So thanks for listening to Successful Minds with Patty B. Never miss an episode by subscribing. So thank you again. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for listening to Successful Minds with your host, Patricia Barnowski-Schneider. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. Follow us on social media for updates, and we'll see you on the next episode.